Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Let's Save Thousands. I'm Ed Kalenka. And I'm Bev Kalenka. Good morning, everybody. Ed, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. And who is it? It's Stacy Royal. Stacy Royal is the president of Royal Canine Dog Training. Has over 30 years experience specializing with canine behavior. And our listeners can contact Stacy at www.royalletterk9.com or her email at info at royalletterk9.com. Stacy, I'm super excited to have you here. I Thank mean, you. This is such an important subject for homeowners that are buying and selling and they have family pets. And I'm really glad you're doing this because people, you're in the hustle and bustle of trying to sell or trying to buy and you're not thinking about things and things go off to the side and there's a lot you can really do to help the animals with this transition. And that is why you're here. <laughs> well, we, we've talked about on the show a number of times how stressful selling and buying a home are. You know, but we're also looking to consider our pets. You know, we often talk about what we need to do to acclimate children. Right. But pets are often forgotten. So the question is going to be, just how stressful is it for the family pet, be it a dog or a cat? It can be very stressful. Um, some animals get stressed out easily just on a, on a normal occurrence. Um, but animals don't tell us they're stressed out when they're stressed out it shows up in different ways they can be chewing their fur out they can be licking they can start eliminating places that we don't want them to so i think it depends on the animal but i think that we need to be conscious ahead of time if possible about things that we can really be doing to help to reduce their stress what what are some of the things we could take a proactive role in assisting our pet to become acclimated in the transition there's a lot and you know the sooner the better um, number one if you have an animal that is elderly or sickly I would absolutely do a simple thing and get a vet to check out this animal because there might be something underlying that's not obvious to you that the vet might be able to offer some assistance with um, just for general pets I think number one we all know most of us know when we go on a trip we bring out that suitcase we start to pack our dog or cat paces, looks around, sniffs, where are you going, where are you going? Um, it's going to be tenfold that when you're actually doing a move. If you can start to develop a routine for your pets, it gives them an expectation of what's coming. The sooner the better. Routines, I'm sorry? Well, I was going to say, give us an example of what you mean by a routine there. Um, number one, exercise. What type of exercise? you're not going to have as much time unless you purposefully make the extra time to exercise them. It's good for their minds. It's good for their bodies. It could be walks for a dog. It could be mind games for a dog or cat. Um, it could be some training for a dog. It could be, you know, the feather toy for the cat, but just doing different things to try to let them get rid of some of the excess energy that they have. It's going to help to relax them. Uh, they're going to need a little extra time. I know you're not going to have it, but just do what you can. Two minutes here, five minutes there really can go a long way to let the dog know we're not, they don't know what's happening. We can't explain it to them. They're going to stress out. My world is changing. Am I going to be part of that change? Am I being left? What's happening? Try to make the extra time. And like I said, two minutes goes a long way, regular times throughout the day. In a previous show, we talked about the impact COVID has had on our pets. 
And you had mentioned the idea of uh, separation anxiety. Absolutely. And seeing that we're still not out of the woods with COVID and so many more people are working from home, you know, how has that level of stress compacted or complicated uh, things such as moving? I think people have gotten, I don't want to use the word lazy, but they've just not paid attention to how important, especially for a dog, structure is. And the thinking is, well, if I'm home all day, why do I need to give my dog serious structure? Because we're here. And that's where it kind of starts. So if people can teach themselves and remind themselves to be more disciplined, you know, if you use a crate for your dog, it's a very important thing. A crate makes the dog feel like they have a place in their home that's theirs. Will they bond with the crate that they could go to it and relax in there in times during stress? Um, like I said, just setting up regular routines where they're not with you all the time. It's very important that your animal can be stable-minded when you leave the home, when you come back. And sometimes with COVID, people just did not do such a good job of preparing for the future. Right. No, you bring up an excellent point there because I never associated going uh, for a dog going into a pen as something as a, giving them a sense of security, I've always thought of dogs being put in a pen as a punishment. Right. It's it's not a punishment. They they really are den animals. Every once in a while, you come upon a dog that you will not have that favorable outcome. But if you've started it properly in the beginning and you've crate trained properly, it becomes their own. It's the only place in your house that's your your dogs. Mm -hmm. You know, and it can give them a real sense of security. Um, my dog is an easy house dog. He doesn't have to be crated. I still have the crate in the kitchen. I still have the crate in the bedroom. And he often goes in on his own because he feels comfortable there and he likes to be there. It's a safe place. So if that were part of your dog's routine, definitely transitioning, making the move, setting up the crate right away. And even if you do things like toss a treat into the crate to say, hey, this is your crate. It may be in a different location but this is your crate become familiar, it's gonna to help to kind of ease the stress and anxiety that they're feeling. Excellent one, advice. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is we talk about preparing to make the move. What about preparing the dog to be accustomed to visitations by outsiders and viewing the property when the homeowner can't be home or take him out, take that dog out for a ride? What do you mean when the house is on the market for sale and there's a, a pet in the, in the home? Excellent question. I think people need to evaluate their own animal for the individual. You know, obviously, if you have a dog that does not like strangers entering the home, <laughs> perhaps the dog shouldn't be there. It's just going to add a whole bunch of stress on everyone, and you're going to lose the sale of selling the house. Mm. Um, if it's a day that, you know, hey, maybe you hook up with a nice dog walker that can take the dog for the day or do something. So I think I think it depends, you know. Some dogs are happy, friendly, and they might be a nice, like, friendly, welcome face as a selling point for you. But if it's going to stress the dog out, that is going to stress the human out, and that's not going to be good for anyone. So I just think that, you know, looking into some other options, I really think um, is, is going to give you the best outcome with that. I, I agree. I've, I've been on the other side of opening up a door and having a very large animal come at me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, they smell the fear. Absolutely. On me, and they're just trying to do what they're supposed to do, which is protect their 
their domain. Yeah. You know, that's their job. And if they're doing that and they're doing that inappropriately, that's just an added stress for the dog anyway. So yeah. just put them in a better environment for their mental health as well. I agree. I agree. You know, one of the assumptions people make sometimes is that my dog is very friendly, he's never bothered anybody, but that never takes into the equation those homes that are visited by small children who don't know any better mm -hmm. and can be aggressive or can act out in such a manner that uh, effectively spooks the dog. Right, right, and it's, it's just not fair to put the animal through that as well. I mean, people need to be realistic, um, you know, dogs are such an important part of our families and we do love them but we need to be realistic about what's appropriate for the situation and you know I think it's totally reasonable if you have a nervous dog if you have an aggressive dog that dog does not need to be part of the process you may be nervous just because you're feeling some angst because you're selling your home and that's got to be a stress on the humans I would imagine you're changing something that's familiar Indeed it is. You know, so the dog, that could cause the dog to stress out because they're just feeding off of you. Yeah. But that's a, that's a great point to bring up. So Stacy, let me ask you, what are the ways for us to help prepare our pets for the move? Well, I think, again, it depends on how much time you have. Um, I think that if you can get into those routines, you can work on the exercise. You've already cleared things with the vet. Um, Sometimes um, there are some natural supplements that can even be considered. Um, I know of a supplement that's called Life's Changes, and it even helps for when there's a move for a oh. dog or a cat that can be helpful. It's all natural. But there are just a variety of things you can always check with your vet, but things that you're kind of preparing. And again, get your schedule and routine in place because you don't want that to completely change the second that you walk through the door of the new house. So whether it's going to be bumping up your exercise, whether it's bumping up your walks, playtime, mind games, try to do it ahead of time, maybe some more crate time for the dog um, so that you've kind of prepared so it's not like this not only brand new house but brand new way of living once you walk through that door. Mm. Mm. Well, oftentimes when we're selling a property and it goes under contract, then the potential owners will bring additional family members, will bring children. What about the idea of bringing the pet to the house so you can become acclimated? I think that's really going to be determined by what the situation is. So in some situations, you're not going to be allowed to bring your pet ahead of time. But if, for example, you're doing construction on the home and there's a little bit of time before you move in, absolutely, you know, can you bring that dog over on leash, walk the dog through. So introduce the dog to the house while the construction's a great as idea. As soon great as you idea. can. Now keeping in mind if there's construction, you know, can your dog handle the sound of a nail gun or banging and all that? So these are other things to consider but the construction people aren't going to be there 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So walking them around a dog, especially on leash, you know, make sure if you do it during construction time, active construction time with a dog or a cat, absolutely make sure everybody knows to keep those doors closed so nobody slips out. It can be a very stressful time for them and they may want to scoot out and run to their old original home. Oops. If that's an opportunity for you to bring them through ahead of time, absolutely. The more you can do that, the better. Bev, I have to say this brings up this concept of being able to have pet walkthroughs. <laughs> I, I, I think this is no, important. Ed, we're, no, Ed, no, no. We're on to something here. No. 
I can you just picture? Yeah, I, I can picture the seller with with ready, you know, waiting for um, an agent, the buyer and the buyer agent to do the walkthrough. And here comes the buyer with their Rottweiler or their German Shepherd, and they're ready to do the walkthrough. You know, no, no. I, I foresee pet first right of refusal <laughs> contingencies coming up. <laughs> So this is pretty interesting. So the next question we have is how do we how do we handle moving day? I know you just talked about being able to get the pet in and if there's construction, but you know, moving day is crazy right. when you make that transition. You've got movers coming in usually a couple of days before, they're packing everything, they're mm -hmm. taking half the stuff out. I mean, talk to us. I think that again, you've got to look at what type of pet your pet is you know if your dog gets stressed out easily then I think a dog walker a friend to take the dog whatever get the dog out of the situation and same thing for a cat you know if it's too stressful that's not really a good way to start off life in the new home yeah. you know um, so that's that would be the best thing I know in the past not too long ago I had a client that said can I just hire you to, to be with my dog you know my dog and I did, you know, and I worked the dog. We did some training exercises. We were actually there while the movers were there. So he could see some of his old, the dog, meaning he, could see his old stuff being moved into the new home. But I could get the dog out of the, you know, the, the chaos for a little bit. I could exercise him. I could bring him back in so he could realize he's part of it, but he wasn't bombarded 100% of the time. Stacy, are there any ground rules for introducing the pet to their new home? I think that you have to keep in mind that, you know, part of keeping them happy and healthy is to give them mental stimulation. So, okay, we can walk the dog around with a leash, but can you get them in each new room? And if you've trained your dog to do anything, give them some commands to do, you know, make them work a little bit because it's going to help to relax them and, and reduce their, their anxiety. I think that, you know, if you have a cat, you might consider something like, you know, putting up more than one litter box if you only have one litter box. You know, this is a brand new environment. You don't want to spoil your brand new home with a dog or cat that suddenly starts to have elimination problems. I think you need to make sure everybody is very mindful of the doors and possibly windows, making sure that they're, they're shut if you don't have a fenced in yard, things like that. Mm. Um, and again, you know, just keep them mentally busy. Take the time for them plan ahead to the best that you can. You might want to just jot out some of these things so that you're making sure that you're hitting the points every day as you prepare for your move and also continue it after your move. You know, it doesn't end right away. You've got to keep them so they don't start to fret and stress and then come up with some other behavioral problems. So routine, um, some extra attention, mm -hmm. uh, Challenge Structure, them. exercise. Challenge them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And if you need a little extra help, you can check with your vet. Um, or there are absolutely some very natural flower essences for dogs and cats that can be specific to help take the edge off and help with stress and anxiety. There's a lot of different avenues there that you can look at. But I have to say, always check with your vet first. This is the cannabis chewies that we were just <laughs> talking about. Um, I guess it could be. Uh, I'm not I, very. I've noticed those dogs on the corner waving cars <laughs> down. <laughs> I am no expert in that area, so I just think, like I said, you know, check with your vet, you know, but just do something natural that you know you know is of good quality, 
Um, and if they need that little bit of extra help, so be it. Stacy, you've said we really need to treat our dogs as dogs. What do you mean by that, and, and how can we effectively accomplish that task? Well, I think a lot of things have changed over the years where, you know, we've all heard, you know, designer dogs and, and phrases like that. And sometimes what happens is we get away from the way dogs actually think and behave. And if we're not treating them like a dog, and dog is not a bad word, they are dogs, and we should meet their needs the way a dog is. If we treat them like a surrogate baby human, we are not doing a fair service to these animals. It confuses them. You know, imagine if, you know, a child was treated like, you know, a cow, you know, and that's the way you treat it. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. These dogs, they're very smart. They're simple in many ways. We tend to complicate them an awful lot. And if we can get back to basics, what do they need? Well, we know they need love. They need shelter. They need food. But if we're not working with them mentally, you know, most of these dogs somewhere in their lineages, lineage were bred for a specific purpose. Right. Many of these dogs are not used for that purpose. That's okay. But you need to find other ways that you are meeting their mental needs as well as their physical needs because you're going to have a much happier, healthier dog. I, I must admit that I have been confused as of late because I have seen more and more dogs behind the wheels of vehicles. You know, I'm serious. I, I've seen people driving cars that have these dogs on their laps, right. and I'm right. discombobulated by the sight. Uh, yeah, I think it's terrible. I mean, I do. I mean, you know, you hit your brakes, you hit the bumper in front, your airbag's falling off, and guess who's going to be killed? Your dog's going to be killed. That's just dumb. You know, it's distracting. You know, it's things happen in a car, and you really should have your focus on what you're doing and driving. Dogs, I have always said for over 30 years, should not be in the front seat, period. Back seat, it's safest for them, mm -hmm. best place for them to be, and it's safest for you so you don't become that distracted driver. I agree with you. I don't know why people do that. Hey, Stacy, can you explain what a designer dog is? I'm not sure. You know, I hear that a lot, and I'm not quite sure I understand what it is. So um, we all know there are different breeds of dogs, right? We have pure breeds. We have mixed breeds. We have shelter dogs that often just, you know, came about because people weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. The term designer dogs has come about, and kind of its loose meaning is that people have purposefully taken two different or more, three different, four different, specific breeds of dogs and bred them together to get kind of a fancier, newer outcome. So there's a lot of that on the market. So no longer is it, well, you buy a pure breed or you go to a shelter. It's now you have this opportunity that you can, you can look on the internet and get basically any type of mixed breed of dog that was purposefully bred. We talked about designer dogs. What about rescue dogs? Oh, love the rescue dogs. They need homes, you know, they need homes. You do need to be careful. You want to do a little research. Maybe if you're not uh, prepared yourself or you're not educated in the field, you might want to get a little help because with rescue dogs, occasionally they'll come to you with some issues, but more than likely you will wind up with a dog that just wants to be loved, have a forever home. You can do things with you. There are so many out there that it's such a wonderful, wonderful option for you. 
um, to really rescue a dog that really is in need. Hey, Stacy, where would our listeners be able to find a rescue dog? I mean, how do they? Oh, there's go a few about great it? places. Uh, one is petfinder.com. Okay. Uh, and you can see a whole, tons of animals, and you can see what's in your area, what looks good to you. There's lots of local shelters around, and there are even a lot of rescue groups that have popped up recently, and they have people that will foster the dogs for them. So the dogs don't always have to stay in a shelter. They can actually be in someone's home. They're getting life experience with a family, perhaps with kids, maybe with other animals. Gives you a little more information. So uh, I'd start with PetFinder.com, um, and then I'd go from there if you're if you don't have a local shelter nearby. All right, that's good information. One of the questions that comes to my mind is when you're going to a shelter, people seem to want to levitate to always adopting a puppy rather than a mature dog. What are the benefits of adopting a mature dog? Ah, you don't have to housebreak. You don't have the nipping, teething. You don't have the watching 24-7, then they're not chewing up your furniture. You still need to give an older dog some guidance and some structure. Um, I would always, I don't care if I took a 10-year-old dog from a shelter, I'm going to do my best to crate train that dog because I think it's that important, even though it's an older animal. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's lots of benefits to an older dog. You know, puppies are great. I love them, but they're not for everyone. And it's not all, you know, puppy breath and kisses and snuggles. So some of the more challenging things, like I mentioned, the biting and the housebreaking and teaching them to behave in your house... I know lots of clients that will never raise a puppy. They will always get an older dog because they don't need to deal with that kind of stuff. As we have a growing population that's in of baby boomers, we have a need to recognize that it may benefit that baby boomer who is looking to adopt a pet uh, to choose a pet which is age appropriate for them. Sure, absolutely. I think older dogs, I mean, look, they need homes too. And sometimes, you know, I see loads of things because I'm involved with a lot of different chat groups or communities, you know, dog show people, dog people, breeders, whatever, that, you know, sometimes you can find a dog that might be six years old, perfectly lovely, and the owner passed away, right? So nothing wrong with the dog. Right. The dog just says, I need somebody to love me because my best friend left me. Right. So absolutely, I, I think sometimes that's the best way to go. So we talked about designers. We talked about rescue dogs. Um, can we chat about pure breeds for a minute? Absolutely. Um, loads of pure breed dogs out there that we're bred and their lineage honed in for a very specific purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you select a pure breed dog, it's a little easier maybe to select a dog that fits your lifestyle whether you're active whether you're not active you like to go hunting you like to run with your dog you just want a couch potato um, the important thing if you go with a pure breed dog is to really do some research to get to a good breeder a good breeder will back up the puppies that they produce a good breeder will make you sign a contract that if for any reason you cannot keep this dog, the dog goes back to the breeder. Oh. The breeder wants the dog to be put in a forever home, but they have put some things in contracts to safeguard. A good breeder will also spend a lot of money, their own money, to do genetic testing. 
because what they care about is that the product that they are getting to with these dogs that they are breeding is a healthy, sound dog that looks and acts like the breed that they're supposed to be. And it's really for a good breeder, let me tell you, they do not make a lot of money on these dogs. It's a labor of love, and it's their blood, sweat, and tears, and helping to whelp puppies, and helping to raise puppies, and perhaps do temperament testing on the dogs, um, deciding what age is appropriate to let the dogs go to the new home. So as a follow-up, how would our listeners find a breeder for... One thing you can do, uh, a starting point, you could go to the AKC's website, akc.org. That stands for the American Kennel Club. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that every breeder listed on their breeder directory is a good breeder, but it gives you a starting point. Something else you can do, and don't underestimate this, is go to a dog show. Look at different breeds. You can narrow it down to a few breeds talk to the people showing the dogs whether it's a handler a breeder or an owner they know this breed inside and out they're not going to try to talk you into their breed because they want the breed to be appropriate for its human so you should match up personalities absolutely okay. it's not just about looks okay okay ed do you have any more questions for stacy i think this has been very informative we've learned a lot Stacy, we thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful, Stacy. Thank Stacey. you so much. I appreciate it. And where can we reach Stacy and how can our listeners get a hold of her? Right. So Stacy is available at So Stacy Royal can be reached at www.royalletterk9.com. Her email address is info at royal letter k9.com. And Stacy, this has just been wonderful. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week at Let's Save Thousands. We look forward to you joining us next week. You can find this episode and more on Spotify's Let's Save Thousands or go to our website at letssavethousands.com. If you're thinking of buying or selling, reach out to us at kalinkateam.com or call us at 973-670-8338. Have a great week. And Ed, that's a wrap.